He is personal to your life. He is a comforter. So we've been studying the dove. I think this is one of the reasons why he chose to reveal himself as a dove is because there's a personal nature to it. That's sort of what the dove symbolizes. So Hebrews chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 7. I want to read down to verse 11, and then we're going to pray. Here's what the Bible says. He says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where that generation tested me, tried me, and they saw my works for 40 years. Those are angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for your presence that's here with us. And I pray that God's people would really enter into his rest. Today, I pray for greater insight, greater revelation. Lord, help me communicate from the scriptures what you'd have for your people. Help us move forward and grow in the things of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I, uh, I, I like to draw from past experiences and walk down memory lane. And I don't know if I ever told you about the time when I first met my wife, Elizabeth. Uh, this would be, you know, the year 2007, and I was using AOL Messenger. How many of y'all were alive back then? All right, so uh, she and I would communicate on there, and I'd say something, and she would write the words nice, except she'd spell it N-I-C-E-E-E-E-E-E-E. And I was like, wow, this girl is writing nice-e, nice-e. And I thought, what kind of accent is that? That is so hot. I was like, oh my goodness, like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I did find out that what she was actually trying to communicate was just that she was saying, nice. And I, 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 C, E. So, you know, it was a little bit disappointing, but um, relationships take time to get to know one another, right? I mean, whether it's, you know, you know what else I did in those days is um, I was talking to her online at Pastor David's house back then. And David and Amanda kind of freshly married, and, and so I would go to their house and I would eat all of David's snacks. He got to know me very well as a brother-in-law. <laughs> it takes time to get to know people. It takes time to get to know the Lord. And so whether it's people or whether it's the Lord, there's something fresh uh, and, and, and beautiful about the relationship of the dove. I want to highlight for what I call depths of the dove. And this is how you can know the Holy Spirit. And these are like levels. There's, there's, you know, when you have people, you have relationships, there's levels in your relationships with people. There's levels of... God's love in your life. There's, there's levels and depths to knowing him and walking with him. And that's true with, you know, my wife, Elizabeth, whom I've had the privilege now of, of walking with for these years. And it's like, I, I get to know her more every day. I mean, there's something I discover about her all the time and I appreciate. I, I don't, I, I think I really discovered, uh, you know, knowing more about my mother just, just from years of being with her. Like as an adult child, I discovered more about her than I did growing up through, you know, difficult things she went through, the death of my dad, her, her time when she was having health issues. And it's like, I really got to know her through that time. I would say it's happened with my children. You know, they're, they're kids, so they're growing all the time. And, you know, you know them as they grow. And I've got nieces and nephews, and I love to be acquainted with them, love to see those relationships grow. And it's an ongoing thing. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit would be for you. So if you want to grow in the relationship with the Holy Spirit, and that's what the will of God would be for you, there's a couple things that I just want to identify from the Scripture this morning. And the first thing I'd point to is this interesting seventh verse. When the writer of Hebrews 
said it like this. He said, as the Holy Spirit says, and then he quoted the 95th Psalm, today if you'll hear his voice. And here's what this tells me about knowing the Holy Spirit. If you really want to know him, the very first thing you've got to know is his word. You've got to know his word. I think it was Paul who wrote Hebrews. And you know, he uses that interesting phrase, as the Holy Spirit says. And it's like he's letting us know that he views the Old Testament as something that was inspired by the Holy Spirit himself. He, he, he's viewing it like that. Usually when you read someone in the New Testament quote the Old Testament, which happens all the time if you're familiar with the Bible, they'll say, as the law says, or in the prophets. But here he says, as the Holy Spirit says, which he says in chapter 9 and chapter 10 as well. It's an interesting thought. And the idea here is that God's word and his spirit agree. His word and his spirit are one, and they agree. And they make sense, and they fit together. There's a congruency of them. Nothing honors God and terrifies the devil more than when the word and the spirit come together in agreement and simultaneously. And this is what happened in the book of Acts. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who prophesied that the last great move of God would be a combination of God's word and God's spirit coming into agreement together. And when you read what he's saying right here, that the word and the spirit are one and that they agree, if you're going to know the Holy Spirit, man, you've got to know his word. Now, there does appear to be what I would just describe as some sort of silent divorce between you know, what we could call word people or what we could call spirit people. And I'm not, I'm not talking like about like word of faith people. I'm talking about sometimes there's people who really emphasize theology, the study of the scriptures, and it's like they diminish the moving of the Holy Spirit. And you know, on the other hand, you've got people sometimes who it's like, you know, they, uh, you know, they, 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 they love the Holy Spirit. They love His gifts. They love His manifestations. But I've been with people who like, you know, look down, uh, you know, at, at people who quote scriptures and know the Bible. They don't know it themselves. And so there's this tendency sometimes to criticize one from the other. You know, if you emphasize the scriptures or if you emphasize the Holy Spirit, and I think what that does is it's created a situation in the church where we've got you know, discord, some division. And I think it's one of the contributing factors to why we find ourselves in a church today that lacks the fear of God. Because the Word and the Spirit coming together in agreement is a powerful thing that the devil is terrified about. I'm telling you, His Word, His Spirit in agreement, in alignment, it is integral for growth that people have. The Word of God and the Spirit of God agree. They can come together in a tremendous way. You know, everything we know about God is in the Bible. Everything we know about the Holy Spirit is read right here. As, and you will never know the Holy Spirit more than you know the Scriptures. I mean, think about what we just read right here. As the Holy Spirit says. I mean, he's highlighting exactly, you know, the Bible from the Holy Spirit. He's saying exactly what they're saying. It's the Spirit of God that wrote the Scriptures. They're inspired. They're put together. Now, the, the Word of God is revealed with, through the Holy Spirit. He put it together. And it reveals the Holy Spirit, who He is, how He acts, His, his manifestations. And, and so when you think about who the Holy Spirit is, it's, it's demonstrated and revealed through His Word. That's why He's described as a counselor. Because when you need Him in moments where you don't know what to do, it tells us that He'll be a counselor for you. I've had moments I did not know what to do, and I've prayed, and I've had God give me answers. He says things like, get some flowers for your wife. I mean, he's a good counselor like that. He, he's a comforter. That's how he reveals himself. In difficult moments when you're pained and hurting and wounded, he, he can bring his presence and give you comfort. 
That's how he shows himself. He's uh, someone who can reveal the future to you. I mean, it says it shows us things to come. And, and you can have great understanding and insights about you know, how, what the plan that God has for your life, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, he's someone who the Bible says will convict the world one day of, righteous, or of sin and, and righteousness and the judgment to come. I mean, he's a, he's a fiery spirit. He showed up in cloven tongues of fire on people. I mean, he, he manifests in various ways, and the way that you get to know him and the way you understand his manifestations or see him is revealed in his word. Everything we read about, his goodness, his grace, he's the spirit of grace. He's, the, he's a good spirit. It's all contained in the scriptures. And what the Holy Spirit does is he takes the word of God that has been sown in the soil of your heart, he waters it, and that is what brings transformation into someone's life. It's from the imperishable word of God. When it is sown in the soil of a heart, when it's watered, the Spirit of God takes that and he brings it to life. That's where conviction comes from. That's where fruits of the Spirit comes from. That's how your faith is grown. That's where perseverance and patience come from. It's the word of God in the soil of a heart and the Holy Spirit is bringing that to pass. And no amount of you spending time worshiping or in God's presence has the same effect as the word of God in your heart when it's sown there and the Holy Spirit bringing that up. I mean, I know people who get, you know, they want to have experiences that they'll want to, you know, see what the Holy Spirit's doing. He takes the word of God and he brings conviction and maturity and growth in your heart. And if you want to know him, you've got to know the Bible. They're inseparable and they fit together as one and they're congruent. And knowing him is knowing his word. It says in this verse, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you'll hear his voice. Nine times out of ten, when I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, Scripture will come to mind. I'm quoting a Scripture. He's talking to me from the Bible. And, and, and a Scripture will come to mind. I, I'll be mowing the yard thinking about something, and, and, and all suddenly a verse will come to me. That's how I know the Lord is speaking. It, it, it's a Bible verse in my heart coming to my memory, and it's giving me a point of direction, something to look at. That is the way the Holy Spirit speaks. So if you want to know him, the first thing you've got to know is his word. When Hosea said, for lack of knowledge, people perish, what he's talking about is their inability to know the scriptures. And I'm telling you, we're living in a biblically illiterate time right now when people really don't understand the scriptures themselves. So how can they know the Holy Spirit? If you want to know him, the first thing you've got to know is his word. That's fundamental 101. It's who he is. Now, you can stay here in you know, Hebrews chapter 3, or you can go back with me to Psalm 95, because they're the same thing. And interesting, the verses line up the same way. But I wanted to highlight you know, just a couple more levels of knowing him. And I'm, I'm in verse 10. 40 years, he's remembering that God said, I was grieved with that generation, the generation in the wilderness. He said, it's the people who... Go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. Someone say his ways. So here, here's a second, uh, a second level. It's understanding his ways. If you want to know the Holy Spirit, these are depths of who he is. You have to understand his ways, he said. You know, his, his word is the Old Testament, you know, and the New Testament put together in the Bible, but his ways are his mannerisms, his idiosyncrasies his character traits, habits that he has. And believe it or not, you can be so close with God that you 
are familiar with his ways. And I like what the 103rd Psalm said. You know, uh, David wrote that, and he was recounting Israel's history. And he, he said that the children of Israel were familiar with his acts, but Moses knew his ways. This is a prayer I've often prayed. Sometimes I feel like I don't understand the ways of God. Why does God do certain things the way he does? I want to know that. I want to discover what his ways are in my life. You know, my wife is familiar with some of my ways. She knows what makes me happy and what makes me sad. She knows that around this time of the year, I get kind of excited because it's football season. I like football. So. Yeah, and uh, she knows that at Christmas, I kind of get a little discouraged because I'm not that big of a fan of Christmas, but the problem is my wife is a huge fan of Christmas. I know her way, so <laughs> we have to find a reason to make that work. <laughs> not everyone's familiar with my ways, and probably and the same thing is true in your life. Probably not everyone knows you intimately enough to know your ways. Uh, here, he's re reading about a generation who did not know his ways, and I have met many believers who are unfamiliar of of God's ways. It says that actually that grieved God. We, we spoke about, you know, in your heart though last week, and you can grieve him with bitterness, resentment, frustrations, anger, animosity in your heart. Those things will grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and if you can't keep your heart right of sin and frustration and bitterness, you're not familiar with his ways. And here's the challenging thing about knowing the Holy Spirit. He, he's not going to adjust to your ways. You have to adjust to his ways. You know, I think about David. Remember, he was so excited to bring that Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. But they didn't have the proper protocol. They didn't know how to bring it. So it came at expense and cost and frustration. And, and God was just saying, listen, I, I appreciate that you want my presence here, but I'm not going to adjust. There's a certain way of handling my presence and how I live that you're going to have to abide by. And it's the same thing with us. He's not going to tolerate certain things in your life, your attitude, your sinfulness, Problems that get stuck up, the way you treat your spouse, the way you talk to people, uh, you know, the, how much time you spend on your phone instead of being in the Bible. Like, he, he doesn't have to adjust to you. You have to adjust to him. That's what he's telling them. Not familiar with my ways. What are the ways of the Holy Spirit? You know, as I understand the Holy Spirit and the dove, he's a sensitive bird. And the reason he's sensitive is because he's sinless. He doesn't put up with sinful, corrosive behavior. He's a bird who will, will fly away when there's been an issue that bothers him or grieves him. So I try to live free and untangled of, of, of sin in my life. He, he's, a, he's a peaceful, kind-hearted, holy spirit. And, and so... I appreciate that those are his ways. Like, he, he's, that's why he's so comforting in difficult moments. He, he'll be right there to walk you through painful things. He'll be encouraging. He'll be kind. This is who the Holy Spirit is. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is wonderful in so many ways. But I want to remind you that he's also corrective and confrontative. As we said here in this verse, in the correction, if, you're, if your heart is soft, if you've got a soft heart, you can handle correction when the Holy Spirit speaks it to you. When he nudges you with something, I'm telling you, he will do that. And he will bring health and healing into your life. And a lot of times it comes because you're drawing near to him and he's pruning off branches and working in your heart. 
This is the, the Holy Spirit. He's got certain ways. He's got certain things that he does. He won't tolerate sin. He'll, he'll work at cleansing impurities in your life. He'll confront you on bad habits, but he'll do it kindly and softly if your heart is soft. And if your heart is hard, he'll let you suffer the consequences of it. These are some of the ways of the Holy Spirit. It's so funny how people want to circumvent consequences when very often it's that actually what God is doing. It's one of the ways that he draws you to him. I think about the ways of the Holy Spirit. How we got to know? Now, how can you become acquainted with his ways? I mean, he's got certain ways, but one of the great things that you've got to do if you want to really know him is spend time with him. It really is that simple. The more time that I spend with somebody, the more I begin to understand them, hear their heart, talk to them. It's a time issue. Because when you spend time with the Holy Spirit, this is where he'll bring comfort, peace, healing, love in your life. This is also where you learn how to trust him and begin to submit to his will and what he wants to accomplish and do in your life. But you'll never experience that outside of spending time with him. And I'm always amazed when I talk to believers, Christians, who really don't spend hardly any time studying the Bible, reading it. It's like they make no time for him. It's low on the priority list. There's other things that get in the way, but if you really ever want to get to know him, be familiar with his ways, it's going to take you spending time with him, adjusting to his time. You know, I think about my, my grandma. Now, she is a notorious night owl. Do we have any night owls out there? My sweet grandma, she don't ever sleep. You go over to her house at 2 in the morning. She's up watching Greg Gutfeld on Fox News, I'm telling you. <laughs> grandma, she said she likes Gutfeld because he's dirty. But don't tell nobody I said that. <laughs> Grandma's like, Grandma's never been someone who was up early ever since I've known her. So well, the one time she said she slept really well, it was when they took a family vacation over to Hawaii because the time zones were way different. So, you know, when it was time for everyone else to go to bed at 10 at night, that's like 2 in the morning, and Grandma could finally sleep on a normal schedule. <laughs> See, she got, her, she got her time zones figured out. I'm telling you, if you want to know the Holy Spirit, if you want to walk with Him, you've got to get in His time zone. You've got to spend moments with Him. Time is really the only way that you can become acclimated to who He is. That's how Moses knew His ways. He'd spend time in God's presence. And I'm amazed in the boom, boom, quick, bang, bang generation time, the information age we live when people just fly along with their lives. Time with the Holy Spirit is not a priority for many people. And that's why a lot of people grieve him and don't know him because they haven't actually spent time in his presence. So if you want to know him, you got to know his word. And to know his word, you have to spend time with him. That's how you become familiar with his ways, the ways of God. That's something, if you could ever figure out what his ways are, I'm telling you, life would be a lot easier for you. You, you could circumvent problems, figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Let me give you number three. And I'm staying in this passage of Scripture on verse number nine. He said, that's when your fathers tested me and tried me, though they saw my work. Now, the third, what I would call lowest level of knowing God, has to do with recognizing his work his activities, the things he's doing. See, his word, his ways, and his work. And it's all in this 95th Psalm. I think this is the lowest level of knowing him because uh, sometimes it's, it's the easiest thing. It's, it's hard for people to recognize it because it's so obvious in situations. It should be easy, but sometimes because we're undiscerning, 
it's like we don't fully appreciate or understand what he's doing. He, he, he said they saw the work, but they still didn't understand what was taking place. Now, if you know the psalmist or you know the prophets, you know it's very common for them to recount Israel's history. Like they'll be, you know, talking about the history that Israel went through, uh, how he delivered them. That, that's his work. It was the Exodus. Remember, he brought them out of the bondage of Egypt, and then they went across the Red Sea on dry ground, and, and then they came through there. There was water from the rock, and then they had manna from heaven, and he brought them into the promised land, and that's the work that he did. But you know something is amazing? You can see him working and still not fully understand it or appreciate it or really get to know what he's doing. You can see it, but it doesn't mean you are fully aware he's behind it, the magnitude of it. Like, it just kind of goes beyond you. And I see this take place with people, because people right now, sometimes they can be very undiscerning about the work of God. Let's think about, like, what God is doing in the world today. What's he doing specifically in our nation? You know, it was interesting was that, uh, you know, Roe versus Wade recently was overturned. And I took that as an answer to God's people praying and fasting and calling out on him for the last 50 years. And what God did was shock the world and just say, no, I'm the one who's sovereign and I can reverse that ruling. I took it like, man, God answered the prayers of his people. But not everybody does see it like that. Because I got up Sunday, I was actually kind of celebrating what he did. And you know what we did? We offended people. I had people who were upset that we would celebrate something like that. Well, I'm sorry if the God that you serve fits into some sort of box, but the God that I serve supersedes what takes place in this planet. And listen, he's sovereign. Here's, here's what I think God is doing. These. He's giving America one more moment. I'm telling you, he's setting us up for a move of God because we need it in America. Without a move of God in this country, we are in some serious trouble. I'm telling you. And, and you know how God accomplishes that? He, he, he starts shaking things. He starts shaking your prosperity. And, and, you're, and you, so you, because you got your eyes on sensual things, and, and that's where we are in America. We got, we got people who, it's like they're not discerning what God is doing. I'm telling you, He's shaking the nation because He wants to accomplish His will and His purpose. It makes people uncomfortable. They don't like to hear it. But God has not forgotten America. What's He doing? He's going to give us one more chance, one more sweet move of God. I'm telling you, if I know anything about his mercy, his character, his grace. He is setting us up for something great. That is my prayer. I believe it. I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm praying. He saves his best for last. Do you pray that for America? Man, I'm telling you. What's God doing in our city? You ever think about that? What's, what's, what's he working at? How, what is his work here? I went up to that worship night last Sunday on top of the rims, man. That was fantastic. I had a great time. The presence of the Lord was there, the love of God, and, and people were praying. That was such a blessing to be there. I like living in Billings. Anyone else like living in Billings? I've lived in places I don't like living at, but I do like living in Billings. It is slow. It's kind of boring. Yeah. You know, I think Billings is ripe for a move of God. You want to know why I think that? Because we live in a place that's very dry spiritually. And when it gets dry, people start getting thirsty. They start getting hungry. I'm telling you, we got a very wonderful, stable, religious little community that is ripe for a wildfire. Because <laughs> that's the way God does things. Speaking of wildfires, I got my friend Ted in next week. Did you, did you get that memo? He's coming Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is going to be fun. Man, I tell you what, you get in situations with the Holy Spirit, man, your fire 
gets stirred up on the inside of me. What about uh, maybe what God is doing in our church? What's he doing here? You got to identify the work he's doing. I had so much fun last week. I had a blast. I, I liked that we had Sandy's and they had a fish sandwich. That was great. I love fish sandwiches. My sister thinks I'm crazy, but I loved it. <laughs> I loved that service. But the best thing about last week for me was counting not one, but two, but 38 kids all below the age of junior high line up on the front row. I was like, where'd all these children come from? This is amazing. How many of you got back there? You know what, God, I, I've sought him. I've prayed about it. God, what are you doing in our church? And what he's revealed to me many times is he's building families. Yeah, teenagers, children, he's building families, building a house. That's what he likes. He's working in the family. Before God established the church, he established a family. And families are the basis of churches. I mean, I, I look at it like, man, God is up to something in the lives of little children. It's such a critical moment, such a season for children to grow in the things of God. I'm telling you, it's exciting things to watch. That's what he's doing right now at the moment that I could see. How about... You know, I was thinking about my own family. Then Maybe he's moving in your family. What's he doing in your family? What, what are the work that you can identify him doing? Maybe you don't even notice it. I was thinking about my family. Now, I recently remodeled a home. You may have heard me talk about that. Oh, it was wonderful. I got the sod laid in July. I was calling people to come help me lay sod. I told one of them that uh, no sooner have I put that sod down, I intend to move. And the guy just about walked off the job scene. <laughs> But you know what happened just a few weeks ago? We, we saw a house for sale right down the street over here, right next to Canyon Creek School. It had an acre yard that looked like Sherwood Forest back there. And the house was a dump, and I thought to myself, I just went through a remodel. I could do another one. So we started praying. We got, Elizabeth and I started, oh, boy, we felt like God had you know, put that right there for us. So we put an offer on the house, 15000 over asking prices, because that's what the market is today. And we prayed over that home. God, if this is you, open up the door. And he did not open that door. <laughs> they got shut. And I had to take it with Elizabeth. We thought about it. We were like, you know what God just did? He said no. And you know what I got to do? I got to spend time in my yard with my grass, playing football with my kid. And I was thinking about rest. I haven't been able to rest in like a long time. We're working on that home. You know, you get in a pace, like you're just busy doing something and you don't understand you're a frog in a pan that's getting hot. So all of a sudden, Elizabeth and I, we get to just enjoy. I get to spend more time praying. I get to spend more time with my family. I was like, this is what God is doing. It might take him a no to do it, but you identify his work. Thank God he says no on some situations, amen? I'm grateful for when he's at work and I can recognize it. That's the work of the... It's just sometimes people, they, they get so one-tracked, so focused, they don't recognize his work. I could talk about my own personal life, too. Maybe the Holy Spirit's doing things in your life and you're not fully aware of it. You haven't recognized his work. Well, in my situation, I felt like I, I, I'm in a moment where he's been pruning things, correcting me, redirecting my leadership, actually growing it. And one of the things I was recently confronted with in my own self was sometimes I take a, a passive approach on things. And it's, you know, part of me just the way I tick or leadership characteristics. I'm not a micromanager. And I, I was confronted by certain things I was doing. And I, I could identify it as God highlighting something and wanting to correct it in my life. I took it like that. That's his work. Hey, you know, you can get frustrated. You can get angry. You can start blaming people. You can get bitter about situations. Or you can understand that maybe, just maybe, 
God is actively at work in you. Doesn't matter if you're the pastor. It doesn't matter if you're retired. It doesn't matter if you're a child. He's at work developing something. How good is it? When he works like that, and you can identify, this is getting to know him, understanding what he's up to, man. He might be working in situations you don't recognize. And I come across all kinds of people who love to put God in a box. They think that it has to be loud and noisy and people jumping off for God to be there and never understand that maybe he's at work in a different way. It's amazing. Other people, they'll put him in different kind of boxes. It's got to be this way. And God says, no, I'm about to work outside of your box. Hmm. This is the beauty of the God that we serve. Now, I was, uh, I was thinking back about being with Elizabeth. And before I met Elizabeth, I remember dating uh, another girl that someone had befriended me to. But just to be totally honest with you, it was pretty awful. <laughs> I remember my cousins were like, you cannot date her. No way. <laughs> and it was kind of painful. You know, I was a little embarrassed. I got through some frustrations with it. But, you know, it was just a little bit after that. It was just a little bit after that that uh, I met Elizabeth. I, th three days later on uh, the internet, page three of relationships.com, there she was. <laughs> had I not had a frustration in, in a bad situation, I don't know that I would have went that direction. But God was at work in the pain. I just, I didn't quite see it. And now I look back and I see how God is at work in moments, but this is where people miss it. Because you know why they miss it? Because they don't understand his ways. It's because they haven't been in his word. And I'm just here to ask you this morning, how many of y'all want to grow in the Holy Spirit? How many want to know him more and more and more and more and more and more? I don't know that you can ever know him enough. He's everything you need today and tomorrow he's more. And he will be there with you in spite of your foolishness, in spite of the dumb decisions you've made, in spite of you know, our human weakness, and he'll still be patient with you. So I want to ask you the question this morning. How much time are you spending his word? How big of a priority is it to you? His, I'm telling you, his word is everything. And if you really want to know him, you got to be in the scripture. You got to know it. It's got to be in your heart. It, it, it's it got to be something that you're, you, you look to for solutions. Whenever I have a problem, I, I'm opening up the Bible. I like to consult the scriptures, what to do in situations. Because I know that's, that's where I can discover his will. Knowing the Holy Spirit is knowing his word. I mean, you got to grow in his word, man. Or his ways. It, it is an amazing thing when you start praying, God, I, I don't understand your ways. Would you help me understand you? Because I've just been praying this prayer a lot. Like I, I get frustrated at having to wait for things or seasons I'm going through. I'll pray, God, I don't understand your ways. And you know what he'll do? He'll comfort me and illuminate things and highlight things. I'm so grateful that I can know his ways. His ways might mean there's some things you got to cut in your life. There's some branches that got to get lopped off. There might be some situations you're entangled and you've got to part ways from it. That would be knowing his ways. I'm not going to let some sin issue, something entangle me. I want to grow with him. I want to run with him. I want to walk with him. I want him in my life. Or maybe it's identifying his work, man. Seeing what he's doing and not being bitter about it, not being in a rush, not getting frustrated with him, not being mad at situations. And seeing he's at work and trusting that he knows how to bring you through that. Mm. I just, I sense the Holy Spirit. So, you know what I want to do this morning? Um, Kyle, will you go get the communion? I, I came in here to pray this morning.
and, and Paul, if you get the worship team back up, I came in here, I pray at 7 in the morning when I come down. I came in here at uh, 7.45. I was here at 7, but about 7.45, I felt the Lord's presence show up on me. Because I'm always trying to think, Lord, what, what, what are you doing? What? And I felt his presence. And you know what he was doing in that moment that just took me by surprise? Was reminding me about the future he's given me. I mean, I, you spend time with the Holy Spirit. He'll show you things to come, and he will remind you of things. I felt God's presence. I felt him hit me, and I felt him encourage me about the future, about the hope, about what he wants to do, about his purpose, about his will. I felt it stirring in me. And it was like, man.